Hey guys, this is Todd from AD2020, and you're listening to Bruce on Brutally Delicious Podcast. Are you getting this heat wave as well? We are. <laughs> it's, it's brutal, been, isn't it's it? It's been brutal. Holy cow. <laughs> I like heat and I like heat I like heat and I like summer, but this has been really hot. Yeah, no, it's um, luckily I the, the pool is good and uh, I have good air conditioning. So yeah, excellent. We're we're doing okay. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you for taking the time to do this last second and early. My day was yeah. Thank, thank you. Awesome. So uh, I guess we could just jump right in if you want. How did uh, AD twenty twenty come about? Because it's sort of like a who's who of of musicians. Yeah, it's it's a fun project. Um, so last year, um, I think around May of last year, I had a conversation with Dan Reed from Dan Reed Network, mm-hmm. and I've known I've known those guys for you know a long time. Melvin, uh, the Brian, and the bass player, probably thirty years. Um, I, you know, I've seen the band before they even had a record deal. Right. And Dan right. and I have been good friends for probably you know a good ten years, probably or so. So during a phone call with Dan about some other business. Um, I recognize that, you know, Hey, a lot of people are home and, and are available. And I just asked them point blank. I'm like, look, you know, I'd love to do an album. Are you interested in working with us? Are you interested in uh, writing songs with us? And uh, he said, yeah. And then, you know, the first question was, well, who are we going to get to play guitar? Who are we going to get to play bass? Right. And um, I had met Greg Smith um, from Ted Nugent's band, Taiketo sure. and uh, Alice Cooper. You know, I had met, uh, Greg probably about a year and a half prior so he was on my radar um, I just loved his playing I love the energy that he brings to all the projects that he's involved right. with and um, you know that's kind of how, how Greg came on board I called him and then Ron uh, Bumblefoot Thaw I had kind of the same deal I had met him previously and had been listening to his solo records uh, during the pandemic quite a mm-hmm. bit and I was just blown away by his acoustic stuff that he was doing um, his, his production, his arranging, his singing. And I thought, wow, you know, if I can get him to play on this, this is going to be, you know, really cool. And, and I told Dan, I said, you know, I want to get Bumblefoot. And he looked at me like, wow, that's a tall order. You know, let's right. see if we can make that happen. And um, so over the course of a couple months, a few different phone calls, um, you know, to Ron and, and to everybody involved, we pieced it together. And um, that's kind of how it came together. It was just one of those things I felt like, you know, a lot of people are home good timing to do this good timing to give back, you know, as well. So, and Ron is one of the, the nicest guys I think I've ever met in my life. I've done a lot of stuff with him over the years, but he is incredibly nice and gracious. Everyone says that. And I mean, yeah, it, it's, you know, it is so true. I mean, um, he's been really uh, terrific to work with. Obviously um, he's been a, you know, friend, mentor, uh, you know, bu- business, uh, partner you know right. on projects so yeah I, I couldn't ask for better people so what is the writing process for you guys like um, i mean i'm assuming you're all over the place because obviously everybody's not pennsylvania so you're taking advantage of like the internet and sending stuff back absolutely. and forth absolutely yeah absolutely so we um for for the lockdown diaries album um we started that process like probably last june and um Mark McNally, who um, is my musical partner and a couple other things, uh, he and I, you know, had discussed doing this album probably the year before. We wanted to do a, we wanted to do some sort of original project, um, 
and this was the right time. And and so, you know, we started off with, I knew Mark had a backlog of some, some songs, mm-hmm. lyrics and stuff that he had written. And, and so that's how it started. We brought in a couple of Mark's songs. Um, he did Ricochet. Uh, that was primarily his. But it's interesting for the for the writing and, and song credits and, and publishing and all that, we kind of went the Lennon-McCartney route with the whole thing in that we all split it. Yeah. Uh, so if there's a song that's Mark's song, you know, we're all sharing in that, but it's kind of one of those things we all share in it. We're either going to win or we're going to lose together. You know, it's one of those right. things. So Mark, um, Mark brought in Ricochet. And then I think the second out, second song he brought in then was uh, Finding My Faith. And then, you know, from there, um, watching events unfold last summer, I had the initial uh, lines to what became Undivided. Uh, that was that was one of the songs that, that I had done. We were about four songs in, and I said, let's do a ballad, you know, because we didn't have a ballad at that point right. for the record. And um, out of that, um, the, the song No Regrets came into to play. Um, you know, so that's kind of it. I mean, we, we all had written stuff prior or had sketches of songs that we had worked on prior. Um, and it was just a good outlet for that. Basically, we would send uh, Dan uh, Reed um, our lyrics and ideas about what we want the song to, to be about. He worked on, he's, he's a genius. I mean, <laughs> just, uh, you know, with the time frame. he's in Prague, we're in Pennsylvania. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, we'd get these, you've got mail messages from him and we'd open it up and be blown away. I mean, the demos were, were. Did I lose you? there Todd hello yeah I'm here oh sorry there we go somehow we locked up I heard the demos and then we froze there we go yeah so um yeah the demos you know we, we would get those back from Dan Reed um almost daily but yeah the writing process was about six weeks to get the songs um put together but you know everybody in the project that was one of the things that really blew me away was the work ethic man of right. these guys there's they're just all machines i mean they all are um and that's what makes them successful you oh know? yeah it's just i mean they are you know nothing but the best um but that's one of the things that you know blew me away being in business you know and also being a musician you know i'm in that environment too but i just didn't know what the expectations were going to be entering into it and um all i could say is these guys were every one of them even you know derek sharinian played a few tracks played keyboards on a few tracks and mm-hmm. and was like we sent him three songs and i think we sent him sent him his stuff on a saturday and by monday he had the wow. tracks back to us you know so it was just yeah it, so, was, it was a really really great process so you guys have all been around for a while and have yeah definitely done the traditional in the studio bouncing things off each other how do you feel i mean obviously it differs in a way but how do you feel the vibe differs or do you feel a vibe differs at all from doing it electronically like you putting your part down and sending it somewhere else yeah so um for me you know i have a studio here that i can do drum tracks and i could do demos and things like that but for this record, I actually did go to a studio and 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 track everything in the studio with a with a really good mix 
engineer who's also a drummer and knows how to get really good drum sounds and things like that. That was important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still had that going. I still had that vibe going on, you know, working with an engineer. No one else was in the room when I was doing that. Right. Um, but, you know, um, bouncing tracks around the world and collaborating on it. Um, you have to be able to communicate. And I don't think it's that different. I really don't. I don't think it's that different. You know, if you can communicate and get your point across uh, in front of people or across the computer or across, right. you know, you either can communicate or you can't. And, you know, um, Dan and I, later in the process, we worked on a couple of the songs together in terms of adding pieces to them that, you know, they weren't there in the demo. And as we started listening to the song, I said, well, let's add, you know, let's add some vocals here where there aren't any. And we did that, those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was just a lot of this type of technology. We did a lot of zoom calls, a lot of, uh, you know, telephone calls as well. Um, and just, you know, got it done. I mean, we were really moving fast because the one thing too, you know, it was just, this was at the height of the pandemic that we were starting this. Nobody knew what was going on. You know, we're reading in the papers and watching the news and everything's changing day to day. And I'm trying to make decisions, you know, and people are looking at me like, why are you moving at breakneck speed on this? I'm like, wow, we just, you know, we just don't know. Is this going to slip away? Is it, you know, right. are these tracks never right. going to be heard, you know? And, and so, the, yeah, there was just a lot of things going through, you know, my my head at that time. Did you find writing this record, as like you said, in the height of the pandemic, cathartic in a in a sort of way um no um it it you know it was one of those things where um everything everything was kind of pieced together between mark's lyrics my lyrics um and it was just you know it was really more of a more of an assembly line it was kind of like how motown Motown would have done it, you know, where they brought in musicians and and laid out, you know, pieces. Um, I didn't really get a feel for what the record was going to really sound like until we were really, it was late stages in the record. I mean, it was really final, even the final mixes that were kind of coming in. I was like, okay, you know, let's, you know, I I was still a little unnerved at that point, but um, the record really took shape once we, um, sent the masters. We we actually used uh, Abbey Road for the mastering. On oh wow! It. Had a really great mix engineer or mastering engineer there, and um, that's when you know the tracks just really opened up. Um, you know, and and so that process was was, was critical. But um, yeah, overall, you know, it's just been a, a tremendously you know great experience all the way around. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's interesting how, I mean, I have a lot of recording engineer experience in, in my past, but it's interesting how the mastering can take everything to the the next step and make it different from what you had imagined. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I was one of the, I'm, I'm old school in that, you know, okay, so we got to do the car stereo test. No matter right. what it sounds like, it's got to sound great in a car stereo. Right. And uh, so, you know, that was, I was always con- conveying that back to people throughout the process. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I have a couple of cars that have decent stereos in, but I also have some that are just stock radios. And I'm like, it's got to sound great on a stock stock, radio, right? you know, and, and, 
Yeah. And, and, you know, no frills. And if it doesn't sound good there, we got to you know, go back and, and finesse it a bit. But um, yeah, we were fortunate enough to to be able to work with Abbey Road and, and a great engineer there. Um, and uh, Simon Gibson was the engineer. Um, but um, we did a couple passes through the mastering and, and, and came back and boosted bass a little bit on the second round of mastering right. so um yeah I'm, I'm very pleased we're um we're actually doing as well as streaming down you know streaming services for the release we're also doing you know, physical cds we're also doing vinyl which is you know uh, coming back in popularity so um we're about <laughs> four or five months out into the order process on that all the uh, vinyl production right. facilities are so backlogged so we're a few months away from receiving those but um, I'm excited to get those in our hands because sure. I just can't wait to check them out. So now that you said you're putting it out as a, a full length, the uh, kids like my son's age, they have no interest in full records anymore. They're doing like the downloads. Do you still put as much time and effort into the sequencing? Because I think that's an art, right? It is. Um, <laughs> a lost art, and, maybe. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, again, some of the decisions and it's kind of funny, like everybody's been involved with the process and, and, um, I share every, all the work as, as we move forward. Um, uh, but the sequencing kind of fell on my shoulders. And so I, I picked the sequence of the record, threw it out there and, and, and elicited some response. Um, and there's little things that I didn't pick up until late in the stage, you know, like I'm listening again, listening to it in my car. I think it's a great record to cruise to right. it just is and um there are some things that i picked up in the sequencing that accidentally you know oh well that really works well together with that you know and just kind of you know little things it was, it was cool to see that come together but um yeah we went we went into this more so from an album standpoint right. um a collection of songs written at the height of the pandemic about what we were feeling uh, through the pandemic also it was designed to um, elicit positive um, messaging uh, to people that were in hurt, you know, people that were hurting people that were, you know, uh, feeling it. Our, our initial thoughts were we were going to get this out in 2020 and we were moving fast to try and make that happen. And just because of various schedules and different things, it just didn't happen. So, you know, that was really where we were at in the beginning and, and, what was behind the songs, the messaging and things like that. But we did put, um, we did put a lot of effort into the release. Um, you know, here's a, here's a copy of lockdown diaries. Nice. That'll be out next month. But, you know, we also went as far as, you know, just, there's a lot of little, there's, a, I don't want to reveal all of it here, but there's a lot of little um, things that went into the artwork there's so it's a it's really it's old school in the fact that you get something you look at it here's the lyrics here's the the nuggets um the the hidden things that are inside as well i miss that i'm old school as well and i remember going to like the record store on (laughs) tuesdays and you know buying the record and running home and listening to it the way it was supposed to be listened to and reading where it was recorded and reading the lyrics and who you thanked and that was the whole process yeah yeah, so we're we're giving that back, you know, That's on this awesome. release. Uh, yeah, it's re- you know, it's and what we're going to do is um, for the digital downloads, there'll be a PDF that they'll be able to download of the artwork and, and that sort of thing. We'll make that available. Nice. Um, 
yeah. So it's we had a really great person work with us on it. A friend of the family, Renee Reeser, Reeser Creative, did all the um, album design and artwork and stuff. So yeah, we're really pleased with how that awesome. piece has turned out as well. So I know you guys are all in different places and all in other different projects. Is there any plans to take this out on the road? <laughs> Good question. Um, so as far as the, the the six of us, the, the core players getting together and never doing a show together, likelihood of that is, is probably never going to happen. Right. Um, you may see some of us work together in different things. You know, we all welcome the opportunities to, to guest, to, to share the stage, uh, that sort of thing. And, and, you know, I think the doors are open. That may happen. I, I, I think everyone, um, and I can't speak for everyone, but I mean, I know like Greg Smith is just incredibly busy. He's, I mean, again, he's a machine. I watched him work. Um, he was the busiest, he gets the busiest man in music award for the working during the pandemic. I mean, he managed to stay busy. I mean, the entire pandemic. And, um, so he's, he's busy with Ted Nugent's projects and other things that he's involved with. Right. Um, but like I said, you know, we welcome the opportunity if it if it exists. Um, the other thing that could happen too would be, um, it, and it's going to depend on the reception that the record gets and and that sort of thing. Um, would be Mark and myself, uh, Mark the lead singer, myself and and other people. We could play the the project live, right. um, and that may happen. You know, so we'll see. Okay, so one more before I let you go. Do you see AD twenty twenty as a one off, or is there plans for other records, or is it a wait and see? That's good. Yeah, that's a good question. So in the in the initial stages of the planning, we talked about it being a one-off. And I think that's where we went with it. You know, it was designed to be a one-off. Um, again, I can't speak for everyone involved, but, you know, we've I've had some conversations with different people involved with the project. And uh, I know when we were done recording, some people said to me, is that all, you know, are we finished? Right. And, and I said, well, yeah, I think for this one, we are, you know, um, but I've talked to a few of the people involved in the project and um, you know, as of today, as of today, you know, there had been some interest in maybe doing something else. Right. So one of the things that, you know, Bumblefoot had talked to me about, especially, and uh, he's a great guy. Um, he, he said, you know, you do the first record, you know, people don't really pay attention to it. <clears throat> it's more of a project, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, he said, by the, by the time you do the second one, you know, they take notice a little bit more so um, and say, oh, okay, well, this isn't a one-off. There's something else behind it. And by the time you get to the third record, you know, they start to wake up and right. really pay attention. So that's kind of the goal. You know, if we can do two, if we could do three, we just have to see, we just right. have to really see what the reception is. Um you know, from a from a business standpoint, from a financial standpoint, you know, we have a lot in this, um, but that doesn't drive us. It's really right. the music. It's really what the fans want to. You know, if the fans want it, we'll do it. You know, and that's where what I'm going to say. Okay. But um, yeah, it's it was a great project. I mean, it was there was no drama in the project. That's nice, uh, right. It was just we all. We all work together as a great team, man. And it was just it was just fun. That's yeah. probably what happens when you get a group of pros together, right? As opposed to people who are not working at that caliber. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it, it just, I have nothing but utmost respect for everybody. Um, you know, if anybody had to be talked off the ledge during this, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> right. The whole thing, you know, because, you know, I shouldered a lot 
and and you know it's just a it's a thing where a lot of schedules just a lot of stuff and and what i would tell people early on in the process you know because i'm new to this i've been in business a long time i have a really good head for business and i've been a musician but i haven't worked at this level and right. and so what i've told people was i really don't know what i don't know right i got to figure that out and and luckily i had great professors i had professor bumblefoot reed smith you, right. you know and i had all these great guys to to guide me through this that's so awesome i got a really good Really great education this year. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, man. Be Take well. Care. Stay safe. Day. Good luck with the we'll record. Do it again. We'll All do it again. We'll, Thanks. We'll see you, man. Yes. Be well. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, a little taste of it right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name is Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics... Um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe for Grind podcast.